Hello and welcome to the Mullet Over podcast with Dr. Richard Mull. You're asking if we're starting? Yes. Yes, we are starting. Holy He's God. whispering. Are we starting? Like, you're still setting stuff up and then we're on. I apparently have finished setting everything up. Well, because you decided not to do camera. Yeah, I did decide. Who wants us to do... We did one... I have recorded the first... Most of the first podcasts are recorded on video. I've had a hard time uploading them. I've kept running into different uh, copyright and other problems for whatever reason that Facebook doesn't want to record them. If you are you raising your hand, I'm raising my hand because I want you want it on I video. Want it on video. <laughs> okay, so if anyone else wants to watch them on video, let me know. We didn't have a, as big a response to the video on Facebook as we did to the to the podcast. So if, if anyone here watches them instead of listening or or, or wants us to do it on, do video. we upload both? For the Is Revival Biblical podcast with Philip, I uploaded both. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot more people commented, <laughs> shared, and talked about the audio one. Now, the audio one came out before the video one because it took like three days for it to upload onto Facebook. So I don't know if people had already listened, already started talking there or whatever, but a bigger, a much bigger um, response on there. So if you guys want it on video, let us know. What about like Facebook Live or... The problem with Facebook Live is that I can't edit out the things that I say that I don't want people to hear that I said. <laughs> dangerous. It's dangerous. Listen, when we first started like uh, live streaming for church, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think I want to preach anymore because <laughs> everything I say can, can and, and will be yeah, used held against, against me. Like, uh, there's no way to be like, no, I don't think that's what I said. I think that was someone else. I love that abide this past week. Um, Pastor Tyler stood up and he said like. He he said we don't want to shy away from talking about hard things. And I'm I've been I, last week I preached about some hard things. And he goes and then and there was a lot of positive responses. A lot of people wanting one. He's like man, this guy's like got a lot of positive feedback. That's all it sounds like, you know. And and he's like we're gonna keep doing it. And then it, but the whole purpose of it was because he's like, and I know that I said some things that what I said and what I was trying to communicate were a little different. And it was so cool to get up there and. And just put that out there and yeah. say, you know, it's important how we say what we say. Yeah. And sometimes when we look back, there's things that we say. And he goes, I'm, I welcome you coming and challenging me. We're not going to look down on you, get mad at you, kick you out. Like, I, I really value Open that. Open dialogue. You. Yeah, it was amazing. I really respected that. That happened one time. Sasha, uh, after one of my sermons, was like, you realize you said this? I was like, no, I would never say that. That's not, I don't believe that. That's not true. She's like, okay, well, you kind of said it. I was like, no, I think you misheard me. So she was like, okay, maybe. But she said it. So I was like, I'm going to go back. And I rewatched my sermon. I was like, oh, my goodness. I literally said something. I was like, I have no idea. It's like complete opposite of what I was trying to communicate. I was like, I have no idea how that that's been an interesting thing in ministry this week because there are people that are a hundred percent certain that another person said things and and or lied to them, and I was just trying to get them to shift their thinking to understand because boy, when you do life long enough and in relationship long enough, you misunderstand. There are times that yeah. you know you heard what you heard, but you also know that the person what they were trying to communicate was different than what the words that they put together yeah. spoke. Yeah. I watched the Ted talk and uh, they had couples argue and fight and they recorded them. And then they hired actors to memorize verbatim what the couples argued about. And 
uh, wore the same type of clothing. They picked actors that look similar. And so these are paid actors, like professional actors, and they tried to imitate the argument exactly. So all of the words were verbatim, and they tried to move the same way, do the same hand motions, do everything. And then they had the couples watch this. And they asked – so no, and so there took some time. I don't know how many and days. And they didn't realize that it was – it was their conversation. No, no. They knew going they in. Knew, okay. They asked, hey, how accurate do you feel like the portrayal was? Now, it had been like a week by the time that they had the – I I don't know how long. It doesn't say how long, but you know that there was some time. It didn't just immediately happen. They had to memorize, find actors, you know, do all that. And universally, 100% of the people said there was no resemblance to what they were trying to communicate in their argument to what the actors said. They were like, all the wrong words, all the wrong message nothing accurate about themselves now when it was about the other person they were like oh yeah they were spot on about my spouse but about themselves <laughs> nobody nobody hit it and so they came away talking about how how much uh a lot of times people don't even understand what they're trying to communicate when they're talking like i'm not, like when you're arguing with someone you're kind of not thinking clearly necessarily or like you, you didn't you, write out you're i call it we call it emoting yeah yeah and so you've got people who feel real things, but they're not clearly communicating what they're feeling. And the other people, you know, obviously are not. That usually triggers you if someone's emoting because it can, the words can come across like accusations yeah. and attack and yep. belittling and other things of that nature. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it's hard to keep objective yeah, yeah. in those moments. One of the things that Ted talked, their takeaway was that the words said in an argument are not important. Like trying to focus on the word said won't lead to like resolution or understanding. And I was like, so what do we do? Like, how do we? <laughs> I like re when I try reflective listening in a challenging discussion, it's like, you're not hearing me. <laughs> I strongly agree. I strongly agree. I was like, it's a good technique in counseling. Yeah. And, and I love taking notes in counseling and going, did I hear you correctly? And people are usually, they can clarify. It doesn't work in more intensely emotionally connected relationships to take notes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. Am so I being politically wise today? Politically wise. Speaking of politically wise, <laughs> that's a great segue. I'm guessing you saw in the news that one of your outlandish conspiracy theories is now becoming publicly accepted. Yeah. Sort of. Okay. What exactly? Like, I've seen a couple different reports. Uh, of the of what's kind of come out about the Wuhan labs, like what have you read like more recently? I have not read um, stuff recently. It's been interesting to see it getting, you know, even at the judicial level, at the top levels in the government, where stuff's being looked at, talked about, evidence is being seen, um, and then and then seeing it hit mainline news, even the stuff like the May sixth um, event. And I remember like we were in a ten day fast when when um covid hit and we just kept meeting we were going we're god's more powerful than any virus and it was like i knew that this was a big con that this was a big lie and then and it was very easy i felt to find information that almost that uh the mainstream public was going no, that's conspiracy theory. That's crazy because all we were getting is such a deluge of information. Okay, clear, clarify that. You're saying what? That in the earliest day, in, within a week, some of the stuff that they're talking about now where the gain of function 
um, research, you know, was coming out of Wuhan and the, the virus actually came from the U.S. and U.S. funded um, the, the, you know, some of the research that was going on in Wuhan. And there's a lot more details that I have not heard talked about lately, but when I research, like it was paid for by the U.S. The reason it wasn't being, there was stuff being done in the U.S. that was against the law. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so what they did is they're like going, rather than us go down, let's send it to Wuhan where they don't have the same legal restriction. So it was already happening here. Yeah, yeah. And then they shipped it over there. So I'm not hearing, I'm still hearing more talk about what happened in Wuhan than what happened here in the U.S. But there, I'm hearing some talk about the connection to the U.S. The connection to Fauci was there early on. Um, and people were like, you know, you're listening. Well, Facebook would instantly flag you if you communicated anything about any of that. I think if you said Wuhan. Yeah. Your friends, uh, friends in ministry were like, you're losing all credibility. I had, I had people I'm trying to use as little detail as possible. Call me out. Like I used to respect you, Mr. Mall or, you know, Richard or, you know, um, as someone who was intelligent and, you know, and now, because like you have lost it. all credibility by the things you're saying. And I'm like going, for me, it was hard to comprehend partly because I really believe the spirit of God was giving me direction as I sought, you know, understanding and I could find factual stuff. I could find patent numbers and read the patents and stuff like that. And I'm going, but people would not want to look at that because you could, here's the interesting thing. You could easily find someone fact check and discredit whatever yeah. you were saying. And that made it understandably confusing for people, but it really created almost like a cultural war, like, Oh, you North and South. A, oh and, my goodness, you know, know, we're going to shoot each other. I had a guy follow me around the store because I wasn't wearing a mask. And this was a week before the mask restriction came down, uh, maybe two weeks. It was, it was a very short amount of time. This guy was following me. He goes, I'll buy you one. And I'm at first I'm thinking, I didn't know he's talking to me because he was like behind me. He goes, he goes, you don't have to pay for it. I'll, I'll buy you a mask. And I was like, I wonder if he's talking to me. Cause I kind of knew <laughs> there weren't too many people in the store that weren't wearing masks. Yeah. And I, I had actually like within a week of that, I had been, I had gotten away for a week was at the beach and a lady who used to be pretty high up in um, FEMA. I think it was, I can't remember. She was at this beach condo and she's striking up a conversation with me. And, and she was going, this is ridiculous. Not FEMA, uh, the OSHA. OSHA. She worked for OSHA. What's OSHA? OSHA is, they're the people that come in and test, like check restaurants and building codes and difference. They're like the, the regulatory commission, like, okay, okay. you know, that, that are over like, yeah, they just check and find what's wrong with stuff. And she was just like, I taught the classes about this and these masks don't do anything um, to protect people. And I can't believe that this is coming out, you know, through the mainline media. I can't believe my colleagues are believing this and teaching this. And she was like kind of crazy about it. So anyways, this guy's walking around the store and he starts filming me on camera and he's saying stuff like, you don't care about anybody. You don't mind killing people. And I was like, wow. Like, and I got my stuff. And when I get to my car, He's sitting in the car in front of me and he's videotaping me and he's pointing at his camera. And I was just like, my gosh, I love his zeal. I mean, I love the fact that he cares about people, 
but little does he know, like for me, it's not, that does not look like caring for people. Yeah. I, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, do, uh, you, you, I'm confused. You said that this was a hoax. Uh, the, yeah. In terms of the fact that, um, that there was a real virus. Okay. But it was, it was engineered by man. Was it intentionally released? I believe that it was. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, there was, there was already a plan. Like I'm looking at the world economic forum, the week, the after COVID. And I'm reading that they talked about this happening. They had thousands and thousands of pages of what the response was. They had diagrams of what the COVID um, molecule uh, SARS, the, the virus looked like, I mean, it was incredible. So I'm going, this was all planned. I mean, it, and it was so easy to see that. And, 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 and then you could go back and look at archives of meetings where they talked about even what year they expected this virus to go out. So all of that, I, I was reading it. I was watching it within week of COVID being released. And I, and I knew it's a real virus, you know, I mean, I, I had friends that died of it, but the fact what, what we were being told was the hoax. It was a lie. It was a cover up. It was. Yeah. So intentionally, you believe it's intentionally released. Yeah. By who, who's the mastermind. I don't know who the, ma I think almost anybody that we know and can point to is a pawn. Um, and, um, but didn't you say Fauci's name was on a patent or something? Yeah. It, well, a group that he was a part of. I don't oh, know okay, that it okay. was. I, I can't remember. I read it. I mean, I looked it up because I'm thinking this is the kind of thing you can go find. And I documented a lot of things in the early days. And, um, I, you know, I've got reams of, of stuff that I document. Well, it's all on computer file, but um, stuff that I documented. I'm not looking at any of that right now. I didn't know what we were going to jump into today. I always surprise my dad. He's never prepared because he can't be prepared because I don't tell him. <laughs> but the, um, but yeah, yeah, if you do the research, you can look up what organizations, where they came from, um, people that worked for Fauci who um, their lives were threatened and, you know, yeah. People with tons of credentials who are losing so, their jobs. Okay, so the so the it coming out that yes, the, that COVID started at the Wuhan lab. Does that confirm all of the things you're saying? You or, know, I, I honestly don't this... know what they're saying right now. But what I am hearing is the gain of function research. That that is the thing that that I've noticed coming to light. And the reason for that is what the gain is, of function. What is that? That is they had found the virus, but they but it wasn't it wasn't powerful enough to infect a lot of people and they wanted or to do enough damage. So gain of function is, is improving the functionality of this virus to accomplish what the virus needed to do, which is infect people and kill. That's gain of that's I'm not. What's the end goal of doing that? I don't know. To be honest, and in yeah, nothing hidden, there. it is it is definitely a satanic worldview um, that um, we we deal with people that are coming out of Satanism, the occult, witchcraft, and um, 
and part of the satanic agenda and it's written out it's it's actually on the georgia guidestones you know in granite up in georgia um you can go there but it's a depopulation um um what's his name bill gates very um much involved when all this hit the news i remember his first interview that i saw with him and he was giddy he was laughing i thought that is the most maniacally bizarre interview I've ever seen. And, and, and he was talking about the vaccines and, and stuff. And, and they, it's, he's on video um, talking about the need for depopulation um, and, you know, numerous times in various locations, it's world economic forum um, also talks about that. Um, Charles Schwab. Um, and that's, I mean, we're talking um, the Prince um, of England, um, who's now the King, you know, of England. Um, I don't know who that is. Yeah. The, um, I can't think of his name either. Charles, King Charles, Prince Charles. What's Prince Charles? No, okay. King Charles. He was a part of the World Economic Forum. Um, yeah. I think Obama was uh, a lot of key big name polit politicians and stuff like that. So this stuff has been talked about. It's been strategized. It has been planned. It And they haven't even hidden it. It's not even hard. You go on the World Economic Forum now. It's so monstrous of a website that can't find anything. That it, it, it's like you'd just be lost. You'd be going around for a while. But but I knew people that actually world. I mean, there were people that were had been in the World Economic Forum that were coming out that were outspoken against what was going on there, and they could take you to pages. And I would follow the the links when I when I was watching them, and I go. It is there. Like no one will have a baby that is not genetically modified by 2030 or 2035, somewhere in that range. I mean, I've, I've looked at a lot of these things and I'm like, it's right there. It's on, they're not hiding their agenda. Uh, food will be rationed in the 2030s where, and, and you'd be shocked at what small amount of food that everybody will get. But it is, it is there. It is a part, someone's written that into the world economic forum strategy. You know, someone may go, what? No. How did that get there? I don't know. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that typically goes on if someone tries to expose stuff, but I don't, they're not trying to hide it. And, um, who is the world economic forum? What is like, you were saying like it, it is leaders from Charles Schwab is the one who is known as kind of the figurehead of it. Schwab, um, is one of the investment, you know, banking retirement. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. And, um, I, I don't, because when I'm researching this, it's more about, Lord, what are you saying about what's going on in the world? It is not, I'm, I'm, I'm not into banking. I'm not into investing. I'm not into all that <laughs> stuff. Um, I, I'm, I'm more about, you know, when, like, I believe God speaks to his sons and daughters and, 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 uh, and we can hear his voice. And that makes such a difference over all the din. But sometimes he wants to show us what's going on in the world. There's been a couple of times with different things where, where when God took Elijah um, by the, um, I mean, not Elijah, Ezekiel, by the hair, and he took him and carried him different places in Israel, and he showed him what was going on. And, and it's like, I, I have felt. That, like that, that I'm going, there's times I'm going, God, why are you showing me this? What do you want me to do? And sometimes he wants me to talk. And I go, every time I talk about it, I, uh, you know, people like say, you're an idiot, whatever those things are, you know, I'm like people don't, 
they don't want their eyes open to what's going on in the arena of satanic ritual abuse. I don't think, um, you, you know, even writing the book, restoring joy, I'm going, how do I write something that's an X rated horror movie, you know, and write it in PG where people can actually stomach it. And, um, but, but, but the same is true. I think when, when the Lord speaks and he wants to show you what is going on, like, I just as soon know about all the revivals. I'd rather know and talk about all the revivals than, you know, some of the just unbelievably dark stuff that's going on, like the Epstein stuff, knowing about that stuff way before it made the media, you know, knowing that that's not an isolated incident, but that kind of stuff is going on all over the world that he, you know, he's not like, wow, I'm glad we got rid of the only, yeah, you know, the whole problem's been taken yeah. care of. Yeah. Even some of the biggest, I mean, you know, um, Weinstein and, and, uh, Epstein and I mean you, you know there there are some big name exposures uh Seville and in England um and it, most people are like who huh yeah because it doesn't end up in mainline media but if you if you find out the stuff that has well they didn't been release brought, his name the name book right uh yeah it is it's it's been released um I but not not the mainstream media uh, okay. hasn't I didn't know that yeah um so that it is like in court documents? Um, I, I don't know. I, you know, there, there's a, there, when I'm, when I want to share something, I, I, I hear all kinds of things and I hear people and, you know, expose things, but I, I only like to talk about the things that I've actually personally researched and, you know, know. Feel I, I actually haven't flown to, um, Wuhan? to oh, Epstein's oh, Island oh, or to yeah. Wuhan or to have not walked those grounds. I have watched a guy's video drone mm-hmm. footage of the, um, whole property. Um, and, uh, cause you can't, you can't get close to it. Like we got family members sailing down in that whole region. They, you can't, now there are people on those islands, but you can't just drive up and some kids snuck <clears throat> on there and shot some TikTok videos a while back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. It's well, this drone too got super close. I mean, it was going through the walkways and, oh, wow. and, you know, um, and showing inside some of the buildings, you, you could see what you could ever, you could see through the windows, you know, and you could see occultic type stuff and, and different things. So, you know, to, to say that there it was like, worship places there um that you know were like occultic type worship well they at least did a great job of mocking uh, imitating those kind of things they had places you know laid out and designed that way they had um kind of a temple but it was not 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 a christian temple there was nothing christian about that whole property you know so there there are things like that the underground stuff that people have talked about i i you know, there are people that were there. We've actually ministered to someone that supposedly was, you know, trafficked, you know, by them and had been on the Island. Um, and, uh, you know, but I, yeah. So I'm like going, I can't document it, but I've done enough checking to go. Yeah. What? And, and it, and it supports what I know is going on in many places. You know, what we do in ministry, it was part of why I even, felt like the Lord was taking me to show me some of these things because the people he was bringing to us to minister to were telling us about when they were telling us stuff, I'm going, this can't be real. Yeah. And yet there were people, especially some of the first people and you know, some of the 
first people were people I already had an incredibly high regard and respect for and had known for years. And when they began to recover memories, it was like, it was interesting because I knew enough to put pieces together to, to validate what they had a hard time believing of their own memories. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, what I just said, but I had done enough research and been exposed to some things that when they began to recover memories, I was able to go, that lines up with what this organization is all about. Um, one of them was Court of the Jesters. Somebody began to recover memories connected to the Court of the Jesters. And I was like, I, why do I know about Court of Jesters? Because I went to a meeting. I met, met someone here at a hotel and you couldn't get into the hotel here because meetings of the court of the jesters. And when I began to research it, it was hard to believe what I was reading online. And it was, it was hard to find information online because it's a top secret organization. But the people that were trying to expose it were people that had actually been a part of it. And they said, what I knew the organizations they were a part of were evil. And these people who are part of organizations that were evil were going, stay away. This is wicked. And, uh, and basically what they did is they'll have, they, they, they even have police support for it. So our sheriff was a part of it. A Tampa sheriff was a part of court of the jesters. And so you've got the police support, you've got vans coming in and, and they, there are, um, checklists, um, or a menu in your room after these ceremonies, which are occult ceremonies, you go to your room and you can pick age sex, um, nationality of what you want and what you want to do. And that's in your room. And, uh, that's PG version of X rated horror right there. Um, and, and, you know, that's happening 2.5 miles from uh, actually almost three miles from here. Cause I, I, the reason I know that is I've had to go somewhere right across the street from there a couple of times. So, I knew how far it was, but I'm like going just under three miles from where we're sitting right now. That is the kind of stuff that, um, that is going on in our city. And so this person in another state is having memories that make sense only if you connect it to an organization like that. And they, the, they, they told the, the name of this person when I looked up the person that they were having memories relation to, and there was a number of people the person had been a leader in the court of the jesters and I'm going your memories coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I, and so it, it, the Lord orchestrated stuff like that. There was there, I would have been sitting there going, I don't know. What did you eat before you, you know, had this memory, you know, did you watch some movies? I'd been thinking this was projected into their mind. And I not because, because the person themselves I had a high regard for and respect for. They, they asked the Lord if there was, they gave the Lord permission. They were like, I know I've been stuffing stuff for a long time. Highly functional person. Incredibly. I mean, just a superstar in my book. And, but said, okay, kids are all out of the house. I give you permission, God, to reveal to me whatever it is that I've been stuffing. And this stuff started coming out. And it was like, whoa. And it was stuff like that at the beginning that made me go, all right, how much of this is there? Did that just happen in one place somewhere? And then in our city too. And over the years, it's like the Lord's like, no, this is at the highest levels of our government. It's in our music industry. It is in our entertainment industry. It is um, all over the world. We export 
darkness in a lot of ways um, to other nations, re require other nations that that have no abortion, um, uh, you know, hardly yeah, World happening. Yeah, Health Organization. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to get funding. You're not going to get U.S. funding. You're not, not going to get WHO funding unless you um, do abortion, unless you do our vaccines. And there are nations, yeah. there are presidents that died. Yeah. Um, all in the same week who were resisting the Mac, the, um, vaccine mandate. Um, and, uh, I'm like, that was a pretty interesting coincidence. The only king, the only presidents that, that resisted the, the, what countries were those? I don't remember exactly. I remember one of them was Haiti, which is interesting. One of them was in Africa. Um, cause Haiti's not necessarily a Christian nation, but I, I think they knew that this was, there's a whole history in Haiti that is sick and dark. Um, there's, there's been mass murders through vaccines in Haiti that you can read about. Um, and Christian organizations were involved in that. I'm believing that those Christian organizations didn't know what they were they just tied they to, were but they helpful. were, yeah. Yeah. Um, CIA was working with some of these Christian organizations. And so I, I want to believe that, that the Christian organizations were, just being used as, as pawns. Um, but yeah, I don't like to call out some of those Christian nations because I mean, Christian organizations, I, I, man, I'm telling you what the one day when I made a, I made two posts and I don't remember exactly what they were, but they were about many people have been hurt, um, hurt molested by leaders in Christian organizations, you know, cause we deal with it on such a regular basis in our ministry. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's just unbelievable how often it, it comes to light. We're not looking for it. We're not asking for it, but it just doesn't surprise me anymore. And I got more response to those posts than almost any posts I had done. Now it was interesting because I also, I, I, I the, the first one I followed up with, because I was like, I want an intelligent, healthy response to what's going on. And, and it opened up a bigger floodgate. And I was getting so many different people telling me about scandals in other religious organizations I hadn't read about. And I'm pulling them up and I'm looking at them, leaders in mega organizations and other ones you couldn't find anything about. But these people are going, this is what was my experience in this organization. Yeah. So it's stuff that hadn't, you know, been come come to light. And and one of the things that that I believe strongly is that has nothing to do with my Lord. That has nothing to do with Jesus. It, is, it has nothing to do with Christianity. But, but even in the time of Jesus, religious organizations fought against Jesus. Um, people that looked like they were doing the right thing. Um, you know, it said Satan filled the heart of the high priest to go after Jesus. So if it was happening in Jesus's day, it is now that we have media though we don't have to worry about that stuff anymore mm -hmm. they tell us what's right and what's accurate and yes we can just trust that oh my goodness okay that's a lot to unpack yeah i'll have to do a podcast on each of the different things <clears throat> you just brought up <laughs> right there i still nobody's commenting if you're watching this listen i can see how many people listen and are downloading <clears throat> our podcast i would love for you guys to let us know what stuff you'd like us to talk about and what things that we are talking about that you agree with disagree with 
start some, as you said, healthy discussion. We, we, we had a guy that got on and uh, when, when you had said, what should a Christian respond to? Um, what was it? Oh, the Grammys, I think it was. And this one guy got on there who his whole page, his whole agenda was to be an atheist. I don't think he watched the thing. He just said, um, yeah. there's zero proof that Jesus ever lived. Yeah, I saw that. And I, I found, I, I was responding for a, a good while and, uh, and I, I was like, is this person really seeking truth or are they seeking converts? And, 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 and I, cause I was like, I don't want to dignify some of the things that they're saying because I was like, it's just not accurate. Yeah. It's, it was so inaccurate. And, but I, put, I actually thought he was like, at first, when I first saw his post, I was like, I think he's just making a joke. Yeah. Cause it was like, this has to be sarcastic because yeah. it's like kind of outlandish. Yeah. And, and, and I was like a couple of times I thought about posting all the evidence because the question was, did Jesus Christ ever exist? And there's no, no proof that Jesus Christ existed. And I was like, no pictures. Oh my goodness. There is, there is more proof that Jesus existed than, um, Shakespeare existed. And Shakespeare was only like in, I forget what, um, a lot, a lot, a lot, sooner, lot sooner. Yeah. Than, than Jesus, Jesus was. And, and, there, and, and he's one of the more historic, like you could support his existence historically very well. Like maybe BC, but there, there, there aren't too many people that you could back in that time support their actual existence. Um, oh, like, yeah. it, it, like very Alexander well. the great. Yeah. It's not, there's not even anybody close to being able to support their, their existence like there is to Jesus yeah. um, in anywhere in ancient history. It's, it's irrefutable, his existence. Um, the resurrection, the people that tried to disprove resurrection. Lee Strobel, a yep, Christian today. Josh McDowell. He, yep. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and he, he, this guy responded with Sean McDowell. I said, who is Sean McDowell? <laughs> oh, well. And, uh, and finally I was just like, you know what? The reason I, cause I, I don't, I invite dialogue, but I'm going, I don't want someone using our platform to sow to doubt, and- doubt and unbelief. And so that I, I was like, I'm going to hide, hide his comments. I don't like hiding comments. Um, when someone's really caustic. Yeah. People having an intellectual conversation that differ from mine, totally yeah. open for yeah, yeah. somebody who's just out for blood because, uh, and, and I was like, the thing that I was in agreement with him about is most have never thought about that question. Yeah. Have never done their own research. Oh no, I, I agree. I think that, that, so they can lose their faith pretty quickly because, because Just the thought of that, they're like, I have no evidence. I've yeah. been singing Jesus loves me since I was a kid, but I've yeah. never thought, you mean there's nobody that writes about Jesus. You yeah. mean, and I'm like, Oh gosh, it, it's, it's worthwhile to get Josh McDowell's book or, or Lee Strobel's book. You know, one of them was uh, studying you, law and you, one of them was uh, a writer. He was a journalist. A, um, what do you call it? A, um, journalist where you research. Um, gosh. Investigative journalist. Investigative journalist. Yep. At least Strobel was. And, and both of them started from the premise of this can't be true. This is fallacy. This is make believe. This is a fairy tale yeah. that a whole bunch of people have bought into. And in their quest for, you know, really to disprove. Do you know how hard it is for that to happen? Because if you go to find somebody, if you go to find evidence to support anything, you can find evidence to support anything. So if you're going to try to find evidence that Jesus wasn't real, 
and you're reading other people's evidence that says Jesus wasn't real and you come to the conclusion that he was real, like that's, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think like, nobody goes online to argue, look for research online to argue their point and changes their mind based yeah. on it. So that like, that's how irrefutable yeah. Yeah. that Jesus was a person. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Not just a person that he rose from the dead, like which, yeah. which that he's a person like, you know, I can't, Unless you come here and you touch me, I can't prove it. You'd okay. be looking at, 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 you know, paperwork. You could look at my Facebook post, but who knows that that's not all deep fake. You know, you'd have to come touch me, you know, even there. How do you know I'm not an actor pretending to be me? You know, it's like th- there's that, but then there is, is what degree, what amount of evidence do you need? You know, it, for Thomas, he said, I won't believe unless I touch his hands. And for yeah. too many people, that's where they're stuck. Yeah. They're like, if I can't see it, I don't believe it. Yep. And, um, and so that's sad. Blessed are you who believe even though you yeah. haven't seen. Yeah. He got to touch his hands, the resurrected Jesus. It's pretty cool. And he died for that. So the doubter um, got, you know, not everybody gets to touch his hands. I look forward to that episode of The Chosen. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I still haven't watched season three. I have only watched like the first two or maybe three. I think three. Me and, and me and Sasha were trying to finish season two before season three came out. And we're like two episodes away from finishing season two. And so we just, it's been a wall to, to, yeah. to get over those last two to watch season three. I, I, one of the things that I was thinking about, you know, cause I was thinking about the podcast and I'm, and I'm, I let you kind of take the driver's seat, but, but the thing I was processing is the percentage of most people's beliefs that they believe are biblical because they grew up hearing it. It is. And they've, and, and it's hard to think outside that box. Oh yeah. It, it is. And, and in fact, it's scary for someone to take scripture and show them how what the word says doesn't fit in that box. It sounds like a personal assault. Sometimes it sounds You're like not smart enough. You're it's, dumb. It sounds like a put down. Yeah. And, and yet it's hard to have a viable discussion with someone about what, what is true. If you don't have a plumb line. And there are so many people that think they have that plumb line that I'm going Had somebody talk about a subject. Um, I don't want to, yeah, well, I will call it out. It was parachurch. And I was like, there is no such thing in the Bible, parachurch. And they're like, it's Greek word para, meaning alongside or outside of, or, you know, and, and I was like going, but where is that spoken of? And, uh, and, and, and then that leads me to another question. Cause I, again, I'm going and there, but here was their response. I was like, look around the room. If you ask anybody in this room and it was a room full of pastors, they're all going to agree with me. And I go, well, duh, that settles it then. I'm joking because what if the Bible says one thing, something different, if everybody in the room says it, I mean, that's where my journey into the stuff of the kingdom of God began was going, I, I began to believe in tongues as a Baptist college student in a Baptist college while reading a book about tongues that was, that was anti-tongues. Okay. Lee Strobel. And I was like, and I was I was disappointed at what I was finding. I was not trying. I was wanting to know what is 
this, there's a satanic group. I'm, I'm exaggerating. I'm, I knew these were bad people doing bad stuff because there was a group of prayer students praying in tongues yeah. on our campus. Yeah. And so I wanted to be able to, to, to deliver them from, and I wasn't even a deliverance, but I mean like, like a guy I cared about that was praying with us, stop praying with us because he liked what was happening in that group better. And I was like, first of all, what do you think? You guys are better than us. <laughs> and they weren't saying anything like that, but that's how I took it. You yeah. know, like you guys pray better than us. And then it, then it was like, I got to help this guy, man. He's going down fast. And so that was my heart when I began to study it. And then when I studied the word, I'm going, it doesn't say what I've heard. It, there's not a verse in the Bible that says tongues is divisive. Doesn't say that at all. And that was most of what I'd heard, that tongues is divisive. Why is it divisive? Because the enemy doesn't want us to pray in tongues. He doesn't want us to have the Spirit of God praying through us. You know, I've, I'm losing viewers, right? We're lis losing listeners right now because there's people that are like, oh, these guys are tongue prayers. You know, and I was like, although it's, I think it's it, that stigma, yeah. I think is, is diminishing, you definitely, know, definitely. but, but I also don't believe that too many people have a biblical understanding of that's just one subject. I'm, you know, the word church, people will build a huge construct of what church is. And I'm like going, go back to the verses. What do they actually say? Because most of the time when we're reading it or the gifts of the spirit, like one of the things that I, I challenge, I've challenged people for years. I even challenged someone the other day who's kind of scholarly. I was like, how many people in the Bible actually had the title pastor? Who can you name anybody that, that that's what they were called? And he was like, named, well, it wasn't Timothy. And I was like, what verse? Where? <laughs> and it was weird because I was like, like this is someone I look up to. It's like well researched and well studied, and 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 I I didn't mean it to put yeah, him yeah. on the spot, but I'm going. You'd think if it's a term that we use at every yeah. at every quote church that we would be able to defend this, and there is only one person in the Bible that we know, the Great Shepherd. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it is like, I only know that because you're my father. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, and, and, uh, and so, and people call themselves senior pastor. Does that mean you are over the great people, shepherd? Uh, can I just, I have to call you out on that. There's nobody in Hillsborough County because you have said this so many times that calls themselves senior pastor. It's every, still on some marquees. Nope. It's yep. senior leader. Almost every church in Hillsborough County says senior leader at this uh, point. Well, can I tell you one? I was at a meeting. Where they oh they introduce as a senior pastor yeah yeah they yeah. say that all the time but not on their websites and the reason I'm not a part of certain I groups know, is because I'm not a I know of so <laughs> many churches who actually don't say because of you asking this question <laughs> their websites say senior leader and they have changed what now they still say this is our senior pastor you know because most, yeah. most people don't have an understanding of why right. they do that oh and even like they don't want to have this conversation with everyone in their church explain all that they're just like no too much, you know, unchurching that we'd have to do. Let's just keep it going. It's not changing anything, whatever. No, so they call themselves no. senior pastor, but on their websites, it's senior. I, I'm just picking on two things though, but I'm because, and no, and what you're saying, I don't even have an agenda. I, I love what you're saying. This is pretty much what you're saying. You can go find a room anywhere in the United States to have everyone in the room agree with what you're thinking. Does that make it right? And then number two, it's really no. easy for you to have faith on things that you've had a ton of people say, but is it Genesis to Revelation, the whole thought and belief of scripture? Or is it 
one verse out of context built a theology around no. that you then look through that lens. And I think that everybody, I call them pastorisms, churchisms, you know, pastor theology, like <clears throat> pastors have to answer questions. Pastor just can't say, I don't know. Right. And the church just can't say, we don't know. Right. Like that's not allowed. So you have to fit, you know, square pegs and round holes and in, in a lot of different areas. And so, you know, you do that long enough, it becomes accepted. Oh. It's not like I had to think of something on the spot and I just came up with something. It's, you know, it becomes accepted, becomes accepted long enough. It becomes t- taught long enough. It, you know, becomes a children's song. Kids <clears throat> are born in a church and they start, you know, repeating things. We, uh, this one college group that I helped out for, for a few years, I said, I want you guys to come up with things that you believe everything, come up with a list of everything you believe and then defend it. Genesis to revelations. And they, they literally ended up doing that for two years. All they did was go, we realized none of the stuff that we believe is the full, you know, heart or thought of God. But they became mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you always talk about disciple means to be a learner. Most people aren't learners. They're more like they're defenders of what they've already learned. You know, they're the, the first time I was challenged that way. Well, I was at a Baptist college and I'm learning what was called neo-Orthodox theology. I didn't realize that they didn't Hey, we're going to teach you neo-Orthodox theology, but it's, it's a theology where the word of God is not the word of God. It is, um, we become the experts and we can figure out there, there are truths in the Bible that are better than truths in any other religious book, but that doesn't mean anything is necessarily factual or legitimate. Now, I don't believe anything that I just said, but I was in a Baptist school that that's what they were promoting. I'm oversimplifying something, but I learned there was two, three contradictory creation accounts. I learned all kind of stuff that I don't, again, I don't believe, but I began to have to refute that. And it was reading Josh McDowell's book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, because I wanted my faith to survive the Christian, quote Christian, I use that word loosely, Listen, religious education. There are people who lose their faith going to church. Yeah. Like, honestly, like if you come into with too much faith, people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. You have more faith than the rest of us. Your faith is going to end up hurting yourself and other people. There was, there was a church where one Sunday morning, uh, we were living completely by faith. We did for three years, didn't raise a dime, didn't ask for any money, didn't send out a newsletter, and we paid every bill. You you were a little kid at the time, but you you, you lived it with us, you know? Yeah. And uh, a lot of prayer, a lot of fasting, God, please show up. And he did. And one Sunday, he, he talked for five, ten minutes. Like anybody who says they're trusting God to provide their finances isn't out there working for it. And I'm, I've been serving in this church a little bit, and I'm probably one of the more people knew me, you know, like in that church, a lot of people knew me and I'm looking around going, I wonder if there's anybody else who's actually living this way, you know, and he hammered it for five minutes saying that that is not of God. And I was like, why would somebody even do that? And the Lord spoke to me clearly. He goes, what are you doing here? And I was like, well, I'm going to church here. I'm, I'm, I've been helping. I've been serving. And the Lord's like, please, Richard, don't do this. And I was like, whoa. And, um, and, and it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting to hear the Lord speak that way. And, and then there was, um, that it was, it was the same church. Um, one of the kids got really on fire, wanted to pray for revival, wanted revival prayer meetings. And, and, uh, and, and he had even attempted suicide at one point, but, but here he was praying, wanting to pray for revival, have revival prayer meetings. And parents said, 
why can't you be like all the rest of us? Why do you have to be so radical? And it was like, yeah, we don't want that. That'd be terrible. Wow. Revival yeah. would be horrible. Yeah. Doesn't fit in our little God box. Yeah. Oh man. Sad. Yeah. So yeah, you can lose your faith in a church. I, I was fighting to, I believe my faith got strengthened because of how much time I invest in the word. But the, and the word I was going to say, Josh McDowell called it theologyology. Yeah. It's the study of someone else's study of God. We think it's theology. We think we have a good theology on a subject. It's where I start. Lord, heal me. I go, everybody has a theology of healing. And people are like, what? I don't have a theology of anything. You know, no, you do. <laughs> you have a belief about what God can do with healing. And you have some evidence to support it in your mind. Yeah, I mean, you may go, I don't know. It's it's about zero. And I'm like, that is a theology. It's it's a theology of nothingness. I mean, you, 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 it's a theology of ignorance, but it's like, I, I, I probably should know something, but no, I don't. Most people though, have a belief system. Most of that has been, for me, healing was something that you always ask for. God seldom does. Um, and I, I'll ask people when they pray, I'm like, did, what did you just say when they pray for healing? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, can you, did you just like verbatim quote the same prayer you've heard your entire life on this? Or did you actually think like, what were your thoughts? And usually people are like, I didn't think I just kind of said the words you're supposed to say when it comes to this. I'm like, that's not prayer. That's not, it's not, we don't even have theology. We have blind practices that we do based on what we've seen and experienced with no expectation. For me, I know that when I study every passage on healing, healings increase because I am, my theology is, is being restored. It's being renewed. It's being, and, and I usually am discovering something that I didn't remember or something that I didn't even know, discover before. And my faith level rises and, and how effectively I pray changes and, uh, but unfortunately I, I, as all of us are, we're influenced by the world around us, by people around us, by, um, by our experience, most people. And what, it was interesting because the, the evangelical world always chastised and spoke against the charismatic world as they build their theology on their experience. But it's the opposite is actually true because the fact that you don't have an experience you, you develop a theology to support that belief. When someone experiences something, they may be going, I can't explain it. I don't completely understand it, but it happened. Yeah. That's not building a belief system based on experience. That's truth. I did this. This happened. That's fact. It's reality. Yeah. You know, what first time I now cast, you can build theology on that. Like yeah. I am God, everything I say will happen. Yeah. You know, you know. First time I cast demons out of someone, I d- did not have a clue what I was doing. I, I wasn't sure I could hear God, but I, but I've been asking God to teach me these things. And then when it's happening, it's like, no, 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 not here. Not now. But so I'm doing it and I'm, and I'm just trying to do what God tells me. And I'm, and I'm doubting everything that I'm doing. So I'm, I think this might be God. I'm going to try this. And, and felt like I kind of stumbled my way through it, but it also sounded pretty intelligent because first of all, if you watch God do something, it's going to sound right and it's going to be right. So I believe he was leading what I was doing. So it sounded intelligent, but it it wasn't really coming. It even lined up with some of my theology. Some of the things were things like I've always sung about there's power in the blood of Jesus. And I feel like the Lord's telling me to, to 
you know, praying, you know, the authority of the blood of Jesus. And I'm like going, oh yeah, duh. I, I never thought about that, you know, doing it actually right now like this yeah. and bam, you know, s- miracle happened. But it was like, like, man, I had so much more learning to do in that arena, but, but the theology, the learning that I had done and some of the unlearning that God had been doing in my life prepared me for that moment and the hunger, God, I want to see what I see in the word in my life, you know, and God took my ignorance, my kind of newly emerging biblical understanding of these things mixed with my old understanding of why God doesn't do today what he used to do. And he was like, Oh, we're just going to circumvent all of this garbage and, and the miracles going to take place. It had nothing to do with me, the power of my faith. Now I was seeking God. I was fasting and I was praying, but I had nobody teaching me except it, the spirit of God's a great teacher. Yeah. But, but I couldn't like, go back and read the cliff notes. I couldn't go back and have, I was having conversations with him, but I'm thinking, am I just hearing like my own thoughts, you know, and, and I'm reading stuff and it seems to be making sense. And I feel like the Lord's leading me, but I'm like, cause it, cause a relationship with God was void of that level of personal yeah. interaction. I not witnessed it. I, if, as I was experiencing it, I was doubting it. And uh, it took years before I was like going, okay, maybe I do hear God's voice. You know, even yeah. even recently, I, I testified to going, do I even hear God? Because we didn't reach the the goals with Freedom Park. Yeah, and uh, and and then it was just like miracle after miracle after miracle. I was like, okay, I'm sorry. You know, I do hear you, and uh, but um, I don't listen as well as I should. And that was, that was something I was. Well, I think I think the biggest thing people don't do when they listen to God is stay curious after they hear something. You know, like you, uh, you know, I heard God told me I'm going to speak in front of thousands. So I need to start posting on TikTok and get a lot of people to follow me so that I can have a, you know, know what, what, what are you supposed to do with that next? And so stay curious and keep listening. How do you apply what you're hearing? Yeah. That that's, that's real maturity when you're able to not just hear something and then go, I heard this, it will happen one day, maybe, or I heard this, I'm going to make it happen. When you go, I heard this now, God, what's next? Stay curious and listen and engaged. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting ready to sell the property at Freedom Park. And all of a sudden, there are people giving us fifth wheels. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so done with campers. I don't like and campers. fifth wheels. Uh, and I'm amen. like, amen. and I'm like, but that's what's coming. And I'm like, God, I want to be content with what you're giving. I don't want to complain. Yeah. But you know, now we need a place to put some of those, you know, and and hook them up. But we have the exact number of the people right now that need a place that I believe God wants us to house. We have that many. Well, one of them's talked about which we don't have it in hand. The others we have in hand, you know, and some of them have need repair issues and stuff like that. I was like, come on, God, that, ha- gotta- that other six acre property, that house, we didn't have to fix anything, you yeah. know, although there's so much upkeep in that arena too. Oh, that, yeah. There's a lot of expense, but, but I'm like going sometimes like I, I believe the Lord's like, you have heard me, but it's going to look different than you thought it was going to look. And, and, uh, so, you know, it, it is, you got to constantly be listening. And one of the things that I read in Andrew Murray's book, he's like, sometimes God will call you to do something, give you grace to start and then pull back and let you do it all. Like, and just go, yeah, yeah, go, you know, to the point of failure. 
to to like reinstill that level of dependence dependence and, and stuff like that and and i don't know i mean i don't he didn't give chapter and verse but it's it's kind of like that you, you know when i watch you with your kids and i'm with your kids and there's the times hey me do me do and you're like going <laughs> we're gonna let him play put eggs in a frying pan that's oh hot you know and i'm like Oh, I hear you. And I'm peeling, pulling shells out of it and stuff like that. And, and, uh, man, if we, if I let him cook it all the way, I don't think anybody would want to eat it. No, you know, strongly agree. Strongly and, agree. um, but they're learning, you know, and, and there are times that I'm like going, now we're going to clean up their mess and do whatever it is. And I, and I just think the Lord does that with us. And, and it's, and part of it, it's like, you're pretty full of yourself. I mean, you, you, <laughs> our kids were never that way. No, not at all. But but your kids sometimes think they could. I'm the most humble person. <laughs> I, but it's so funny now. Oh my god! Like Asher when comes I in hear, and tells me how to cook breakfast when I hear in the morning and how not to. Like that, that must have been how I sounded as a child. I'm so embarrassed for myself. Uh, I remember trying to tell you anything about sports of any kind, and it was like, and you did for, at a pretty early age. You went past me and nods, but there were times that I was like. I do know something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was not coachable. I was never. I'm coachable. sure I wasn't like that with my dad. <laughs> I remember being like seven years old and thinking my football coach is an idiot. I could run this team better. I remember, but I, I had that arrogance for everything. I thought the same thing. I remember being a kid and thinking I could be a better pastor than pastors at churches we went to when I was like eight years old. I remember I remember sitting there thinking I could preach this sermon better than you can. Like I remember oh. thinking those thoughts as an eight-year-old. So pride was definitely not something I struggled with as a child. So Well, I repent of any of that that I may have passed on to you. It's interesting because because as we what we're part of what we're talking about is going when you start thinking out the box outside the box and you and you can take all the lenses off and look at the word as it really is, man, does it turn your world upside down? Right. I actually think it turns it right side up, but you stand out like a sore thumb and you come across as holier than thou, smarter than thou. Yeah. All that stuff. And and I'm like, how, how do we help anybody bridge a gap? How, how do we disciple? Well, first of all, I found um, pastors aren't looking for people to disciple them. So that's not an arena where I, I, you know, but there are hungry souls that, that are going, I've been asking the same questions. I read this verse and, and and it said this, you make more sense than anything I've heard. And we, and we hear people say that that doesn't make us any better. No, I'm not. And there are people that are so much smarter than me that even know the word better than me. Yeah. And theology doesn't mean almost Mm -hmm. anything. But knowing what's right and yeah. living it your life is a yeah. totally different thing too. Yeah. So it, it, that's one of the, like G- Jesus. It was interesting because there were things that Jesus just he just fit in. Synagogues was not a biblical thing. Yeah. And he fit in on the one hand, and he disrupted them big time on the other hand. N- not, but he didn't talk against them. Nope. He didn't, he spent almost zero of his energy talking about synagogues. Yeah. And when he said, you're going to build my church, what, what, what we, I think produce looks more like a synagogue than what he called us to make, called us to make and to do. Yep. And, and that is really scary. Right now, the people that are the most scared about what I just said are people that are holding positions in churches. Um, 
because and but I'm not trying to throw stones. I'm not trying to to shift that whole thing. Yeah. But I'm trying to get people to think. I want people to Do You know how much more effective we would be as a as a, as a body of Christ if if we devoted all of our time to just discipleship, <clears throat> if it was just if, if if pastors' hours were worked around other people's work hours and they went to their house and discipled and just, you know, poured in and spent the time, like Jesus said, follow me, spend time, do all that, be discipled, right? Like, even like Bible college, you can't get, you know, even the best Bible colleges that I love, you don't get 20, 30, 40 hours a week with someone pouring into you and discipling you. You have someone saying, did you read your books? Did you watch your videos? Did you do, which is all great resources and it's all great, yeah. but like how much more effective? Uh, I, I, I had a friend who um, had a job installing termite protection. And he would, whoever his uh, second person in the car would be, he would, would be ever who he was discipling at the time. Wow. And so he'd be like, hey, like get this job, you make 15 bucks an hour. In the car all day, 40 hours a week, I'm going to disciple you. I'm going to pour into you. I'm going to pray mm-hmm. with you. And when we get to the house to do the you know install and all that kind of stuff, we're going to listen to God for words of knowledge for each person we're going to practice it and he would do that for like six months with someone and like like i saw more discipleship and life change like like i watched someone that i had known for years start like before he went there i would never have thought this is someone who will ever serve the lord in any capacity and at the end of it he's like worship pastor writing songs absolutely on fire for god and i'm like that did not happen in any service you can't make a service that 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 does what that six months did with someone who sat there every day all day getting paid twenty bucks an hour to disciple people and I was like, yeah. that's an incredible model. That yeah. was like I I'll probably always remember that because that was like I was like, how much more effective would the church be if we had that kind of mm. mindset and and yeah. And the other thing is making the most of those times. Like yeah. sometimes I can be very task oriented. Yeah, get this job done, get that job done, and and uh, and not seize those hours in those moments. I've also witnessed discipleship that I'm going, can you go back to the Bible and support what you are discipling someone? Oh yeah. And, and, and go, because the, 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 the Pharisees were making disciples too. And what Jesus said of them was you make twice as much a son of hell as yourself. (laughs) Holy cow. I don't want Jesus saying that about my discipleship. Nope, nope. And and but what did they think about their discipleship? They're doing great. Yeah. We're growing. Yeah. They 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 were proud of it. And and I I when I saw that verse, I, it stopped me in my tracks recently because I was like, wow. Like I don't ever, I don't remember the last Sunday I heard that <laughs> verse preached on. <laughs> So somebody asked me, so I, um, I'm a youth pastor again for like the fourth different youth group, right? Yeah. And someone asked me like, why are you with youth? Like you're older now. Like it's like, it's not, yeah, a, it's, you're old. I know. I do feel, I do feel out of date. Like we, we, played, what, what was the oldest that someone's guessed your age ever in my entire life? Probably 21, 23. No, really? I don't think I've gotten older than that. I've had some people be like, well, just taking clues that you're older than your brother, who I know is 25, maybe you're 26. Like I've had like that, yeah. but nobody who doesn't know me, I don't know if I've ever gotten above 21. Really? Yeah. Wow. And how old are you? 13. So, <laughs> no, no, I'm yeah, 29. Yep. Turned 30. Wow. In Pretty two soon. months. Yeah. Wow. Two months. Wow. 
I, I will never be 30 in my eyes. I can't even. I'm still a child in my eyes. Anyway, so they were asking me, like, why do you want to work with youth? I was like, man, you can beat people who've been church their whole life for years. And it's just nothing happens. It Like, you can live different. You can talk different. They're too churched. I love mm. the youth. They're mm. unchurched. Like, I have these youth. I've been preaching for, I've done, I, I think I've preached eight sermons. And like half of them are like, I read my Bible every day now. I'm starting Bible studies at school. I'm starting Bible studies with my friends. Like oh, my man. life's being changed. And why? They're teachable and they're hungry. They want to be learners. Mm-hmm. They're, they haven't mm-hmm. been too churched. Supposedly that's the age that the disciples were that Jesus poured into. I, I have no doubt. If <clears throat> I mean, listen, I had we had the the – third youth group I started had 24 seven prayer and fasting with a youth group of like 30 people. There are churches who are desperate for revival and for prayer and fasting, and they don't have 24 seven prayer and fasting. But I had youth who were like taking on more and more and excited for it because they're just so much hungrier and they're receptive. Like if we get too set in, like once you've gone to church long enough, that, that fire, like, I don't know. I don't watch people get fired up, lose the fire, and it come back a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Like whenever they hit their like they're on fire, it either stays or if it goes away, it's a lot of times hard to come back. And so with youth, they've never already they haven't usually already hit that. Mm-hmm. And so it's not hard for me to watch like, you know, people who had no relationship with God when I come in as a youth pastor in two months are like, let's go change the world. Yeah. Like that that's like I, I show the Bible verses that say that and they're like, okay, I believe you. Let's do it. Yeah. And, and you just, I don't, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how much I speak to adults. I'm, they'll be like, that was a really, this is when I speak to adults, they come to me like, I've never heard anyone preach like that. That was really good. Thank you, kid. I'm like, are you going to do anything about it? Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. We're, they're, I don't know. Yeah. It could be just negative expectation, but like with the kids i mean it's like it's like two months and i'm like let's go change the world that like i feel like i'm about to go change the world with the kids yeah and i was I, I i went into one youth group one time um that um yeah they, they instantly needed a youth pastor yeah and i just came in to fill in a gap and i was there like four or five weeks the first week they told me this group of kids won't listen when anybody speaks they don't sing yeah in worship and i mean and they were like everybody was yeah. like you don't know what you're up against. And and I already, the Lord had downloaded a message that yeah. was specifically for that group for that night. And, uh, and I just sat there going, I'm not even going to say anything. You're going to watch something you've never seen before. Yeah. You know, it was, it's one of those one in a lifetime yeah. messages that I've, I've gotten to preach other places, but it was one of those that um, like, like good one, God, I mean, you know, type yeah. of things. And you can hear a pin drop until kids are standing out of their stepping up out of their chair and going, let's go bring, this is me. This is me. This is me. And and I want to talk about there's no posers in heaven and kids. And pretty soon the whole youth group stood up. They, you could hear a pin drop while I'm talking. They, and I'm not asking for a response. They started responding while I was talking and, and, and said, I've been a poser. I've been a poser. You're talking about me. I'm a poser. Everybody in the room stands up and I don't want to be a poser anymore. And I was like, well, that's an interesting way to start. You know, this is, I'm, I'm just, I've been invited to speak, you know, yeah. for one night. <clears throat> Within four weeks, they were wanting to pray for revival and wanting exactly. prayer meetings. And someone else was put in charge of youth. 
and it was because they didn't want a black, they didn't want a bunch of black people coming to the church. And I hadn't brought anybody black to the church, but at the time we were serving in their city and they didn't want them. They didn't want them a charismatic youth group. And I was like, there's nothing charismatic that has happened unless you consider prayer huh. and for revival. They were praying out loud all at the same time, which is, yeah, you know, obviously. maybe I don't even know if we'd introduced that yet. That's, it was pretty early. That's like, that's like that, month but, three. Yeah. yeah. No, like I was talking at, at this church, right. And beforehand they were like, you know, like, this is kind of like what, you know, what you can expect. This is where everyone's at. I'm like, I don't care where they're at. I don't care what they right. can expect. I, I have too much experience with the, <clears throat> People like in high if school, your expectation school, was you, was at the same level of what you experienced, they'd still be there. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, we we talk down. Well, first off, we've made the gospel too easy. We've made church too comfortable. We want to make it fun and exciting and entertaining. And it used to be iron sharpens iron. Now it's pillow softens pillow. It's how comfortable and we will spoon feed you funny isms that make you laugh and are, you don't have to do anything ever. We're never going to challenge you. Nothing hard. Forget fasting. We won't definitely. And if we talk about fast, it'll be a Daniel fast. You know, we're not going to, no, I'm like, listen, that's not, you know, that's not Jesus. That's not the Bible. That's not the gospel. We got to, we got to challenge people. When you challenge them, youth in particular, yeah, they go for it. Yeah. So, yeah. Lord, help us, help us get a vision for what can be, what, what, I I, I want to, I want to pray because there's a, some really significant things we've talked about. One is that God would supernaturally begin to wake up people to see the word of God outside of the context of their life experience and what, what they've always seen. And, or and just, would be hungry just enough. Actually, look at the Bible. Yeah, just even read the Bible. Just even read. Oh the my Bible. gosh! Yes, but but it, but because yeah, yeah, it was so weird. I had I, as a learner read when, the Bible. Pastor Oscar said something one time. He said he gets a new Bible every year, so he's not familiar with the pages. No, he's like the the headings are in new places, and he said it's because I can read the Bible based on oh I've already heard this or I saw this in a sermon or I took notes here. And we become too familiar with the Bible. Yeah. You, you know what a verse is all about because your notes around yep. it, that you, that when God revealed something to you, we're not curious anymore. Yeah. I just recently pulled the Bible out of its wrapper and said, I'm going to start carrying this again. And it has not become real habit, but I'm like, because I, the, I do a pretty in-depth study pretty quickly on different subjects um, on a regular basis. And because of all the helps that are available now, and, and I don't, oh, yeah. I don't like, I don't almost ever read a commentary. I've, I will not read a commentary until I've studied something in depth because then I like to go, do they have a revelation on this or are they, you know, and sometimes there's historical context. There's things yeah, like that I'm I not going to get from the Hebrew yeah, and the Greek, I do that, but, but it, um, but I like to study it just going back to the Hebrew and the Greek um, of words first, because it helps me that it helps me not take someone else's glasses and put them on mine, on my face, you know, <laughs> to look at the word through their lens. Yeah. And, and, um, and I, it, and it, man, you're going to see things so differently. And then I, then a lot of times I used to, you know, think I have to read commentaries but now when I read a commentary, a lot of times I'm going, here's this person's view of God and the world. And many times it is 
anti-supernatural or or indifferent to that it it ignores things like that and that and that tells me something about them and so i go i go i may learn something about historical context but i don't want to catch the spirit of their view of scripture yeah so but i and and i want to pray that i I think that would man I, i think one of the things that would mark a real revival is passionately falling in love with God's word again. And if we're having a great awakening, I believe people will become students of God's word in a greater way and be able to, to see the word when the Holy spirit leads you through your, I I had a Jehovah's witness at my door and he was, he was like, can we give you this book? I said, I like to go straight to the source and like, Oh, you read your Bible. I was like, yeah. And, uh, and I said, but there's sometimes that when anybody reads the Bible, they have a hard time understanding it. And I said, I said, you're right. That's true. There are times that I read something I don't understand. Again, I like to go right to the source. I'm like, what do you mean? I was like, I asked the spirit of God to give me understanding. And they're like, well, you know, sometimes we can hear, I was like, so the enemy can speak to you. And they're like, yeah. I was like, so the devil talks like, yeah. I was like, okay. Then we started talking about miracles. And I said, I said, what would you say if I told you that we cast demons out of someone right there, like on Wednesday and in that back room, somebody was healed of cancer like a couple weeks ago. And, uh, and that was really what had happened. And he goes, well, you know, the devil, I was like, wow. So your devil can speak to people and can do miracles, but your God doesn't. And I was like, again, I'm going to go back to the source. If what you're telling me, is is your truth that you're operating from then i definitely don't want to learn from that <laughs> and uh because i want i want to but i want to sit down and learn from other people yeah that are that are getting a revelation that know how to hear god's voice they're experiencing the power of god one of the two guys there was two guys there one of them had tears running down his face it was a black guy this older white man that was there was like visibly shaking and I'm and I'm being just as nice about it as I am right now. I don't know if that's nice, you're challenging his beliefs. <laughs> and and he you're and calling he was like him an idiot. He's like that, right? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> we're done here. And they walk off. And you've seen it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Over the years, yeah, I think we talked about it last week. When Jehovah's Witnesses come down the street, they cross yep. over. The, and, and I was like, wow. And it happened after that one time. Yeah. And then and then it, and then when we moved, it happened at this house. So I'm like, Lord. I know. I'm excited for my new I believe I believe if sons of God had a real revelation of God and we're walking in the stuff that we're just supposed to be like those teenage disciples. Teach me how to cast out evil spirits, teach me how to heal the sick, teach me, Lord. Then then Jehovah's Witnesses would have a whole lot more streets blocked off and houses blocked off that they'd be going around. So, Father God, I thank you, Lord, for, Lord, your word. It's so powerful. And it's more powerful than our religious systems of today. Lord, what, what you call the sons of God to do and to be is more powerful. We just confess that, Lord. It's more powerful, Lord, than I've ever walked in. And I know I've walked in a lot, but I know that being a son of God is more powerful than than everything I've walked in. And, and I've tasted what it's like to be a son of God. I want more. And I pray, Lord, for our listeners to want more, to hunger for more. I pray, Father God, that you'd, I, I pray, Lord, that they'd be willing to, to take 
their glasses off, their lenses, their denominational glasses, their theology, what they got from Bible college and seminary or what they got from uh, just the church they grew up in. No matter how good it was, Lord, I pray, God, that they'd be able to submit those to you and be able to look at the Word of God more than they ever have before and see it more clearly than they ever have before. And God, that translates into this world. The sons of God will be able to know what is going on in our time and in our day. And and we'll be able to see things more clearly, Lord. Um, it, it talks about the end of times that even, even the elect could possibly be deceived. And Father God, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, that there is so much deception. I pray, Lord, that, Lord, our ears would be so tuned with you, Lord, that you would guard us from the the lies of the enemy, the lies of this world, the dictates and the directions that we are getting from a demonically inspired um, world system in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, you forgot to do your intro jingle. Do you want to hit us with an outro jingle? Not. Okay. okay. <laughs> we, we're going to get some help on that and have a real deal maybe. Okay. Should we record a some of mine and let them throw that. I'll just probably take all of yours and create a little mashup of them. (laughs) Yeah. No, if you guys like this podcast, please like comment and share and uh, let us know what else you'd like us to talk about.